We represent you. Outside again, Tupou away, Tedesco put it in, this time it's Kiri in support. We feel you by your presence. Via Rooster. Well, Roosters fans, welcome to another week of Roosters Radio. And a bit of a sombre start, and of course, uh, as a club, as a community, uh, Vale, Harry Cameron, the club officially is deeply saddened to hear of the passing of Harry. He was a premiership-winning player, Silky, between uh, 71 and 74. He featured in both those grand finals, firstly against Manly, then come off the bench against Canterbury. Uh, you know, he played with the likes of Mark Harris, John Brass, that, and Arthur Beetson, that amazing side that went on in uh, in a 75 as well. And full condolences to Harry's family and, uh, you know, the Cameron family at this time. Changing gears, Silky. You know, we've got a show to do and the show must go on and we're honouring past roosters. And speaking of honouring past roosters, we've been lucky enough to get a hold of a former club favourite, uh, a man that uh, wore the number seven of our club and it's such an interesting time now with uh, leadership and everything else that changing of the guard. And, uh, you know, he's been kind enough to give us an interview today and uh, he's a favourite rooster of a lot of us. Harry Hastings will be coming on the show, so that's exciting. Very excited to speak to uh, the great Kevin Hastings. And of course, uh, anyone who was born in the 70s and 80s will remember the great man himself. Uh, I've got some very fond memories of watching Horry play at the old sports ground bush, as, as I'm sure you do. Sure but do. Um, probably, you, as a young bloke, your first ever favourite footballer. Definitely. I think there'd be a lot of Roosters fans. You'd, you'd have to go far and wide to actually say that it wasn't Kevin Hastings because he just did so much for our club. Back then, when you know we had a few lean was it, years, I was going to say there were some tough times yeah. there back in the in the early eighties. But he stood out in such a tough side. Yeah. You know, he was the uh, he was a Rothmans medalist, three time Dalian halfback of the year. I mean, you know, during those lean times, he really stood up and stood out. He played for New South Wales, uh, mate. He was my favourite by yeah, far, absolutely. So looking forward, of... looking forward to speaking to him. Ah, be a great. And you chat. know what? I'm sure he'd have some uh, interesting insights on the the evolving position that is the number seven we've got a great one uh, in our own ranks with Sammy Walker so uh, really looking forward to getting his thoughts on how Sam's going thus far yeah and also this uh, amazing origin team you know I, I said it and I don't say it lightly we've got a former Roosters coach Brad Fittler um, you know we've got a little bit of a footprint in there former you know former center Latrell Mitchell future Teddy, of course uh, Teddy the captain, captain. Uh, you know a future center uh, Tom Trevojevich I know Mikkel works some <laughs> magic there a little bit of spice for the fans but in all seriousness you know we've got Angus picked in there it's going to be good great to get Kevin's thoughts uh, as an origin player and someone who played tough on this current side are we going to go to a period of dominance I mean who knows you never write those Queenslanders off though do you no you don't and uh, something different too obviously State of Origin this Sunday night. It's a footy-free round, so all eyes will be on the TV, particularly for us Sydney folk who can't get up to Queensland to watch the game. So uh, looking forward to watching the game on Sunday night. In fact, uh, producer Pat and myself are going to be doing a bit of hosting down the Clovelly Hotel, Bush. Yeah, why wouldn't you? I mean, a great spot to watch and have a beer, as uh, you know, as they say. And I know that uh, there'll be plenty of eyes on the, the big screen down there, 50 grand worth of big screen, so why wouldn't you? Exactly right. Well, you're on Roosters Radio. When we come back, we're going to look at the game between the Roosters and the Panthers. Welcome back to Roosters Radio. And look, last Friday night, the Roosters, they headed up the highway to take on the powerhouse Penrith Panthers. 
led by the likes of young Nathan Cleary. It was always going to be a big ask. There's a couple of big talking points out of the game, but the Panthers 38 defeated the Roosters 12. Bush, uh, where do you want to start? I want to start at the start. I yeah. thought we were um, I thought we were terrific. I, I didn't know what to expect other than I was really looking forward to a good game. I set myself up at home. I was on the lazy boy. I had uh, my roosters, Tim Tams. roosters dinner with me and uh, just had all the trimmings, mate. Yeah, it was a bit more than a Tim Tam, but... Nonetheless, mate, we uh, we come out strong, and I was looking forward to watching JWH come out as our strong yeah. leader, and and just what he's been producing over the last couple of weeks is nothing short of spectacular. I think we did that. I think we uh, forced them into some errors. I think the you know fullback made a, a couple. It was just one of those awkward football nights. It was nights. raining. It yeah. was windy. It was a blood driven night. Blood driven night had all the makings, and then um, game was going along nicely. Not just because we're Roosters fans and we're up twelve nil, I should say. Because it was a pretty good game and you could just see, and you just knew Penrith had it in him as a young, dynamic team. And then referee gets involved. That was it. We all saw what happened. And then the whole game changed. The yeah. momentum changed. And it stopped what I thought could have been a really good game of footy. You know, I think for me personally, I, you know, there's got to be a better system. Jeff Toovey says it best. This is ridiculous. There has to be an inquiry. Because I don't know if we're going to be able to sustain... You know, the fans, there's so many people out there saying it just ruined a good game of footy. There's got to be another way to look at it. I'm a massive advocate for protecting the head. Jake Friend, Boyd Cordner, two classic cases. We do not want to lose any players to the game. We do not want to see anyone hit in the head. We don't want to see concussions or CTE later on, all that sort of stuff. But we want to see a game of football that is a gladiatorial sport. And sometimes things happen like what happened to CY Takeyaho. And then just in my humble fan's opinion... That was accidental. There's yeah. got to be some sort of bunker involvement. They get themselves involved in everything else but a game of euchre. Why can't they jump in here and say, oh, you know what? I think he could probably Well, they stay did get on. involved. That's probably why he got well, marched for the 10. Because I think referee Klein actually kind of alluded to the fact that it was accidental. Clearly, he was slipping into the tackle. Mm. Um, and, and let's and, face and it. And I think, I think the bunker did get involved. That's why he was marched. Let's face it. It's a fair head. It's not like it's a, it's a, it's a small <laughs> exactly target. You know right. what I mean? He's got a big melon on him, young Cleary. And what a great, a great player. Yeah. Big head. Yeah. Look, Penrith had 80% possession, uh, I think, of the match. Well, from there they did. And in that time that Siwa was off, I think we had six dropouts. There was some amazing statistic. Like, they controlled the football for the for the rest of the half. Interestingly enough, during that time, and, and Coach Robinson spoke about it in the press conference something happened, I believe, to Joey Manu where he got taken off for a HIA. Yeah. Uh, he got allegedly, by Cleary. Uh, yes, he did. I, I can't, I can't recall seeing it on the game, but I know Robbo was blown up about it. Um, it post match, it was an awkward tackle. You know what? To be fair to Cleary, it wasn't intentional. Right, it was an awkward one. But he, but, he, but if Seaway gets ten, surely, uh, surely well, he should have got ten. You'd right? think that there'd be consistency like that, and this is where I think it comes down to interpretation. You know, he was really lucky, and I will say this. Can I say this as a rugby league fan? The, the repeat sets that they put on, that was masterclass of, of kicking and, and him and Lou I yep. really put pressure on us. Um, but I also thought we did really well to sustain that pressure. Teddy getting back there. I mean, they could have turned into tries, right? Yeah. They didn't. And, and mate, just that, they, had, they, they They did stem the, the flow of points there in they the did. second half. Bush, I just want to bring something up too. Uh, courtesy of Peter Owens Whaler. For the Roosters radio fans uh, who've been listening for a long time, Pete used to be part of the show. Still There's is. Some amazing statistics. And Pete uh, identified that we got two – it was 2-2 two, two with the uh, the zero tackle set restarts. We got one on the first tackle, which mm. was like a throwaway towards half time, and we got another one towards the end. Also, he worth noting, five times this season, 
we've received two penalties or less in a tie in an entire game. I think the only penalty count we've won this year may have been against the Dragons. Uh, and look, we've had these conversations over a number of years on Roosters Radio about how we seem to get the rough end of the dirt when it comes to the uh, the the man with the whistle. So, you know, once again, these kind of uh, issues, I may say, come up. And look, we're, we're kind of used to them, but it doesn't help us, particularly when we've got, you know, the best part of uh, nine to ten players out. And look, the boys that are playing... Uh, at the moment, uh, uh, holding their own. And, and, you know, we still had a few players out last week, Sammy Walker and Satili Tupanua. But, uh, you know, they, the boys got outplayed. Penrith were the better side. That The way they controlled the football, they deserved to win. I suppose the upside was the battle between Angus Crichton and um, the young boy from Penrith Bush, Liam... Liam Martin. Liam Martin, yeah. Uh, that was a ding-dong battle. And off the back of that, obviously, Angus Crichton's been selected uh, in the New South Wales squad, so congratulations to them. But that was probably, you know, the, the best highlight for mine was the performance of Angus Crichton. JWH tried his guts out again. As Good to see. I think he played 200-plus minutes before he had a break. You know, Adam Kieran going across the stripe. It was a soft try, a couple of soft tries early, but all intents and purposes, not a lot to crow about in Roostertown. No. And I love your point, and I spoke to a, a, a new fan uh, someone who's a work colleague of mine and uh, and become a good friend. His name is Michael, and Michael uh, lives up on the Central Coast, and he's a long-term Rooster fan. Who said to me, "Mate, is it just me, or do we get refereed differently?" And I thought about that question for a bit, and, and I pondered on it. And I think sometimes, as Roosters fans, you'd think that that is the case. Don't open up a can of worms here, or you know, sound like we're crying over spilt milk. Penrith are far better side, but it does appear that you're right. And we've talked about this last year. The 50-50s, and, the, and we do seem to get the rough end of the green when it comes to some of those close decisions. Absolutely agree, Bush. But one thing I will point out is Rooster's discipline. So in the past couple of weeks, obviously, Siwa went to the bin for the contact yeah. with the head. Uh, young Egan Butcher was lucky not to go to the bin for the contact he made with the, the head with the charge down of uh, of Nathan Cleary. That was just a bit we, reckless we, we go back careless. We go back the, the week before when the Titans and young Marshies sitting on the sidelines for two weeks. Yeah. Once again, contact with the head not required. Victor's spending time on the sidelines because of his performance against the Broncos where the, the referees saw there was quite a few illegal hits, allegedly. Well, they weren't illegal. He maimed the opposition in what, what would but, can but be But the rules were different at that time, right? Let's well, not, I mean, well, you, my, my point is this. I can't so, wait so to talk to Kevin Hastings about this. So, yeah, Because you enough. talk to older fans, you talk to older players, and we talk to a lot of them. We see them at reunions, we see them in the streets, and they say, where's our game gone? And, you know, I think Jake Friend said it best. I spoke to our old coach, Dale Ashford, you know, who taught me a lot about defence. He asked me to stay behind defence when I was a bit uh, unconfident, and I did, and it worked. But I'll be honest with you. He said to me, mate, the game is going to a level. He said they should have trained for this. I said, Jake Friend said the exact same thing. If you get a team of footballers and you in two weeks you turn around in May and say, all right, we're going to protect that, we always want to protect the head. Protecting the head's been in the game for 110 years. But to come in and do what they've done, as they say, mate, they've had the accelerator on. I think it's something the players need to, in October, be told, hey, next year we are going to be cracking down. Then they all go a little bit lower. Victor Radley comes out and says, mate, Adrian Lamb taught me how to tackle. This is how we've been taught. And I think his style of tackling is great. Now, contact from the head happens from fatigue and other things, as the players say. But if they're training to come lower, like Melbourne, they say, is a, a team that trains on the wrestle and they seem to perfect it and hold them players down and, and do it well. So why can't we train to tackle a little bit lower so their target area is a little bit less, and away we go. One player who has really impressed me with his defence is uh, young Joseph Suwali. 
Uh, every tackle he seems to make, there was once he raced up in the line, but he's doing some really good stuff, uh, some copybook tackles, as we used to call them back in the old days. So Powerful. He has no uh, problem with that you know, below-the-waist uh, style. He comes in strong from the centre, Silky, so lots to like about that. And uh, you know, as he improves and gets more experience, I think uh, you know, he's going to be devastating in defence in the centres. Yeah, totally agree, Bush. Uh, anything else that stood out to you? Just one, Silky. Adam Kieran. I um, didn't know what to expect of Adam Kieran in the nine. That's the first time I've seen him. It's exclusive. He's been in the 14 and he comes on. He's an exceptional goal kicker, which is yeah. a very important facet for us. And we, we talked about this in the beginning of the year and you said to me, geez, goal kicking is going to cost us. And we've had all sorts of other fans, at, you know, so-called experts in Roosters, but support other clubs. I think we've shored up the goal kicking, but at number nine, he looked pretty sharp. And I think, you know, with Jake Friend going and then we got injuries, you know, to Sammy Verrills. Well, Verrills Ver- well, was made a return, which was uh, good to see him back on the yeah, paddock. Yeah, but I think Kieran gives Coach Robinson another good problem. Yeah. And at nine, he was really sharp. He scored a try. He was good round dummy half. Um, you know, hats off to him and hope his form continues because I think he played really well. Well, the boys are in camp this week at a undisclosed uh, location, so I'm sure Robo will be putting them through the uh, through the ringer uh, wherever that may be. But uh, looking forward to Thursday fortnight, the big matchup against the Melbourne Storm. Tough run for the boys, uh, you know, back to back, number one and two on the table. Yeah, it will be a tough run, but you can see the resilience we're playing with. I think as a Roosters uh, fan, you can be very proud of the boys are aiming up. You know, look to watch that performance the other night to sum it up. We are playing against the best side in the competition. Agreed. All their players back at full strength. Agreed. And we've got almost a first-grade side out. And I think we were still competitive. I don't think the score was an indication. They put us under a lot of pressure. It would have been nice to get some more points on the board. And you had that momentum-changing factor. Whether it's right, wrong, or indifferent, it happened and it changed a great game of footy. So I think, uh, you know, if barring anything uh, coming out of origin, if the players can match up and maybe Teddy will get a rest, perhaps I'm, I'm assuming Teddy will, Angus may, uh, you know, come and play after Roger, and I don't know, but it's going to be mouthwatering against the Storm. Now, Silky, before we go to our next break, um, just a quick mention, Mark Hughes Foundation, Beanie for Brain Cancer Round. What a great weekend, uh, certainly the weather to have a beanie, but they raised $4.1 million for brain cancer research, something you know is pretty close to my heart and my yeah. family, and the brother and stuff, and, uh, you know, what an outstanding effort from all the clubs, uh, junior clubs, and the Mark Hughes Foundation. Yeah, I think it's a record for the Mark Hughes Foundation, so well done. And, uh, you know, we've we've interviewed Mark Hughes as part of the Beanies for Brain Cancer round, so well done to uh, all those involved, particularly the volunteers who are out there in the freezing cold selling those beanies, and they look great on the TV. So uh, well done to all those involved. Yoran Roosters Radio with Silky and Bush. Well, Roosters fans, this week on Retro Rooster, we've got the all-time great. You can't get bigger than this, Silky. I know that... You ball boyed a couple of years after Kevin, and maybe if you ball boyed a few years earlier, you would have been a better footballer. That's something we can conject over a few beers. But we have got one of the greatest halfbacks, I think, in the game. I think at the time, and it's widely known that he should have, could have, would have played for Australia. And uh, was won the Rothmans medal, Bush. Oh, mate, Dally M halfback of the year three times. Played for New South Wales and uh, just one heck of a leader. And right now when the club's looking for leadership, it's going to be nice to chat to this great man. And Roosters fans know him very well as Horry. We know him as Kevin Hastings. We know him as our number seven, sometimes nine. He could have played front row, really. But anyway, welcome to Roosters Radio, Harry. Thank you, gentlemen. Just kicking off, uh, you know, the current Roosters. And, you know, you, you spent so much time at the good old sports ground. I remember sitting up there and, uh, you know, just watching you toil, you know, week after week with, uh, you know, uh, some great sides you played in. Some fond memories? Oh, always fond memories, mate. 
couple of lean seasons, but plenty of really, really good seasons. And, uh, yeah, always love playing for red, white and blue. Absolutely. Mate, uh, you know, you had some uh, formidable coaches right now. We've got some great leadership at the Roosters. Always we've had a, you know, a stable with our chairman, Nick Politis. But uh, Trent Robinson, the current coach, compared to some of the you know the, the coaches you played under, have you got uh, got some thoughts there? <laughs> Long retired since uh, Trent's coached uh, the Roosters, but obviously he must have uh, some enormous skills, not only in um, – footballing-wise, but also mentoring young men. So, um, yeah, he's doing an awesome job. And to win three premierships as a coach uh, speaks for itself. So, yeah, he's doing a great job. Yeah, I mean, it leads us into, you know, at the moment we're decimated with injury. And I know, you know, back in your day, you know, we played with, you know, a lot of a lot of players getting injured in and out every week. But it come down to strong leadership that got us through. And, and our current crop of uh players you know losing Boyd and Jake in a season I mean what do, you, what do you have to do to sort of you know give it a shake give our fans a bit of hope that we might be there on uh, grand final day in October oh I've, I've got to be realistic though I mean you know you look at uh, Penrith who beat the Roosters on the weekend and I mean I wasn't expecting the Roosters to win but they gave a good account of themselves mm. and uh, you know scoring 40 points against us when we were down to 12 men which was a bit of a farce in itself I think if the Roosters can get to the top four, I mean, that'll be a great thing for this season. You've lost uh, Brett Morris too. He's just like a ultimate professional rugby league player, as his brother is. And then you've got a young half. You've got a 5'8". You know, Luke Carey's out too, which doesn't help. But you've still got some really, really good players there. And, you know, if they could compete every week, you know, no one's expecting miracles out of them, I don't think. But as Robbo would say, you know, just go out there and give your best and play the Roosters' way, I suppose. Kev, I reckon that's a really fair appraisal because mm. I think, you know, let's not kid ourselves. We are decimated. We've nearly got it, lost a full side. I just want to get your thoughts on Sam Walker. Obviously, he's been thrust into the spotlight quite early in his, his career, only, only 18 years old. But from what you've seen so far, what are your thoughts? Look, I think he's a good player at the moment. The term great gets thrown out too easy and you just listen to the commentators on on Fox and Nine or whatever channel it is and everyone's a great player. The kid's a really good player. He's had a few injuries in in, in his early early part of his career, shoulders. So that's a bit of a concern, but I'm sure in the off season, you know, probably put on a bit of weight, he'll grow into his body. He's obviously got skill. He's used that, what they call the Harbour Bridge Pass a few times. But, you know, as I listened to someone and I thought myself, one day he's going to get it's going to get plucked out of the air and what, what happened against the Broncos. But, you know, you live and learn, you know. So you can't expect too much of the kid. Like, he's 18 years of age, as you say. And it's the hardest game, I think, in the world. And, um, you know, he's out there competing. Yet he kicks a field goal against the Titans to win the game which is a big thing, you know, to step up and kick it in one of those games. It doesn't matter who you're playing for. You win You win a game with a field goal to get two points, you know, and, and being in his first year, it's a tremendous thing. I'm sure his, his mum and dad are very proud of him. Uh, they haven't pushed him too hard, I wouldn't imagine. And, uh, yeah, you know, when people say, oh, he's the next million-dollar kid, mate, just give him a break and just let him play football. Don't put any stress on him. So, you know, just let him wear the seven and, you know, play the 80. Kev, on that note, you alluded to in your assessment of the Penrith game, and I think it's so right. 
it's changed. I mean, when you were playing seven, you know, you played like you were wearing eight or ten. And, you know, you cop plenty. I've seen you get ironed out flat thinking, oh, my God, he's not. And then next minute, you're up and back into it. You're an expert. You've played 237 games at our club. Put your heart on your sleeve. What do you think of the state of the current game and, and how they've really changed things so abruptly? Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it's pretty hard. I mean, these players have been taught. That's how they're taught to tackle these days. But in saying that, you know, you have a have a point of contact where you cannot touch, so you've got to lower your contact area. But also, the other thing is, say for Siwa Takiaho on the weekend, right? He had no what, – what could he do? Uh, Nathan Cleary slipped over. It was a wet track. Siwa had his arm down by his side. He, he didn't even have it cocked. It was just, just virtually hanging there, yep. and he falls into it. Nathan Cleary gets up. So that tells me that, you know, everything was all right. It was unintentional. So probably uh, a penalty and maybe on report to see what it looked like. He probably would have got off anyway, but he puts puts him in for 10 minutes and then they score 14 points. Mm. Now, my other question is, if a player gets sent to the bin for a high shot, why doesn't the opposing player who got the shot to the head go for HIA? I, I just don't get it. I mean, you can bring another player on, it'll still be 13 on 12, but you're taking off that player who was a starting player and also Cleary is the best player in that side. So why doesn't he go for a, a head assessment? Oh, I don't get that. There's so many inconsistencies. The referees have got to look at it going, you know what, that was uh, that was unfortunate. It might have been high, but we'll just give them penalty and then we'll put it on report and just go see how it goes from there. You know what a deliberate head high shot is? So we all should know that and that should be a send-off, right? Sinbin, it's forceful. As they say, I don't really get all these terminologies. I'm not I'm not that smart these days when it comes to that. But you know, but you know what a head high shot was. Yeah. You know, running around the game that I did and before me and long before them. I agree that they want to clean it up and a lot of things. Say for instance, Boyd Cordner, right? Most of his was done by hitting someone else when he tackled. Yes. He was the tackler. His head hit the hip. Yeah. His head hit the ground. He might have taken a few high shots as well. So we've got to get that out of the game. But if you take a look at it, even as, as his his career went on, it was the minuscule head knock that seemed to be worse and worse and worse. Mm. I mean, you know, he might have taken a head shot that was heavier earlier on in the career. And because he got consistent shots to the head, which is not I don't mean a shot from another player, you know, that's what probably happened to him. And I think he's made the right decision. The great footballer he was for our club, the great footballer he was for our state and also for Australia. So there's got to be a little bit of consistency here. I mean, you just can't go a little Johnny slapped Bobby around the melon. So we're going to send him off because it was forceful. Jesus, give me a break. I don't know. <laughs> Kev, I want to go back in time. I mean, there's a lot of uh, nostalgic Roosters fans there. And, and, you know, you rightfully said earlier, you played when it, when the game was tough, but you also played in an era where some of the great number sevens, you know, will go down in history. Tommy Radonikas, Peter Sterling, Stevie Mortimer. Of all those players that you played against in the number seven, who was the best? Well, I, I said this before. Um, people have asked me and I said, Peter Sterling was the best. And then Andrew Johns came along after after me and after 
Sterlo and Stevie Mortimer yeah. and uh, Slippery Morris and the list goes on and Terry Wickey and you name it. Yeah, so those two would rank – Sterlo was number one yeah. for a long, long time. And then you had Joey Johns, who I see frequently down at Bronny Beach. Um, and so they both sort of had different influences on the game. But, you know, Sterlo against me yeah. – uh, in my era, he was number one. But that's not taking away from any, anyone else, you know. And then Tugger Coleman came along for South. He was a bit younger than me. Terry Lamb, you know. And the list goes on and on and on. And out of those players, they were all really, really good footballers and great competitors. Not a lot of crap in their game. I mean, Tommy gave me one hit once. I gave it to him back, and he said, that's it. We're square. I just wanted to see how you go. Uh, but you can be tough without putting crap into your game. And uh, all those all those gentlemen that I played against had that in them, you know? You know, it's a toss-up, really. But still, for me, was the best that I played against. And then, then I go on to um, – Andrew Johns. I mean, people talk about Jonathan Thurston and they talk about Coop McCronk, but, you know, that's my opinion and that's what it is. You're entitled to it. Yeah, and we, we share that. Jo- Joey's been good to our show and he's a good friend of ours and it, you know, it made me nights as a second team the way he played. He played like he played like yourself, honestly. He, he played like a fo- he played like an extra forward, exactly yes. right. Yeah, well, that's how he had you... all the skill he had all yep. the skills in the world. Yep. Yeah, that, that, that's exactly how you played. And on that note, you must have had a lot of friends that were forwards because, geez, you made some of their tackles, mate. So who's one of the players that, uh, I mean, as a halfback, you know, you, you would have been forgiven for, you know, you could never be accused of being in a dinner suit. But, mate, tell you what. Ian Barclay says to me, uh, yeah, because we call him, you know, what a, a tackling machine he was, but he wasn't. And we laugh about it. He goes, well, you know. You used to do all my tackles, Harry. He said, but the only problem is one game, you bastards kept pushing me into the middle, so I'd make a lot of tackles. He made, I think he made about forty-two tackles. I said, you felt really tired that day, Buff. He said, God, never again. You know, so <laughs> I didn't mind it. That's how I got, I got brought up. Yep. You know, just do the work. You know, be part of the team, whatever it takes, and that was it. Horry, have you got a most memorable game at the old sports ground? I mean, as one of my earliest childhood memories is my old man taking me to the dressing room and Bush went there plenty of times. I remember another early memory was just going in when Laurie Fryer was coached. But it was such a nostalgic ground. We used to play all our junior rugby league grand finals yeah. there. And I think well, I got a medal off you once and about under sevens or under eights. But as, a, as someone who's playing, no, you did, you did. was there a game that uh, stands out amongst all the others at the old sports ground? God, there was a few games there, wasn't there? Um, was. Yeah. Yeah. Not, you know what? Not really. We, they were all great, but there was one in particular. I've got a photo of it after the game. My hands are raised. I, it's like we won the grand final or something. We'd had a shocking year. It was under Laurie Fryer, <laughs> but we beat West. We we beat Western Suburbs. I think we beat them uh, 11-6 or 10-6 or something like that. It was pretty close. Johnny Harvey scored a intercept try they kicked it and he plucked it out of the air and ran about 30 meters and and scored but it was like we won the lottery really it was just because we were down and out we were just terrible that year and you know to win that was just an amazing feeling so that would go down as one of the one of the best and also flogging manly 40 to 2 that day on a saturday at the sports ground we scored eight tries that was that was just one of those games where everything just seemed to go right. You know, it was 
you have those days, and uh, that was one of them. It was beautiful. <laughs> so, you know, they're two of the games that I, that stand out for me. I think uh, Manly, I think he went through 15 sets of hands for one of the tries. That it was, was right, a, one of them. It's one, they call it one of the tries of the well, decade. It was the um, century, unbelievable, right? yeah, such good memories. Hurry, New South Wales play Queensland on Sunday, and, uh, you know, you you played Origin yourself, and I guess if it wasn't for that man, Peter Sterling, uh, you know, uh, you know, yeah. you would have played a hell of a lot more, and it's a, it's a pretty good thing to say, mate. You're only kept out by him, not by the fans, only by the selectors. Nah, him and him and Turvey, but you know, not too bad. Those players, not too bad to be in front of you. Know? Oh, so un- that's good. Un- unbelievable. If you're going to be kept out by those two, then you're going to be kept out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm, and there are other stories from other players who. We're in the same boat. So, you yeah. know, you got to take the good with the bad. Yeah, of course. Well, mate, you, you know, you played Origin every week for the Roosters, so we don't care about that. Oh, thanks very much, mate. I appreciate <laughs> that. They're up against it this week, I think, with Queensland coming back. I know that people don't think they're strong, but they were the worst side ever last year and won the series. So Correct. So we can't underestimate yeah. them. As, a, as, a, as an expert, as a professional, what's your thoughts? I think uh, New South Wales will be too strong. It won't be a blowout like last time, I'm predicting. Well, at least I hope so, because... If I could just go back to the weekend's game and I'll get back to the New South Wales game. Sure. I was watching a game on the weekend like the Tigers and the Storm. I turned the TV off at halftime because it was just terrible. You know, in our day, a blowout would occur occasionally, not like it is today. Going forward to the New South Wales game, New South Wales have got a really good side, really, really good side. I mean, they're great across the park. But the two players that I think who – uh, the two most outstanding players in the game today, they play different styles, obviously, is Tom Dravojevic and Nathan Cleary. Yeah. So you've got those two players in the in the team. Nathan Cleary is the best halfback by a country mile at the moment. And Tommy Dravojevic, well, you know, everything he touches turns to gold now. So, mm. you know, he's got them. But then you've also got Latrell playing in the centres, played an awesome game, you know, the first origin. You know, so he's on one side, and then you got Josh out of car. You know, the speed machine. You got Teddy at fullback, and you just you just go on. You know, the forwards they're fantastic bunch of forwards. Mobile can offload the ball, and I think if they knuckle down early on, they'll win the grind easy, as they say. And uh, I hate saying all the words they bring out these days, but you know, if they if they win that hard battle first up, they should win. I appreciate it. Well, Harry, thank you for taking us on a trip down memory lane and your insights to the, the current state of the game. Mate, you're forever in our memory. In fact, uh, we've got a statue of you and Boyd Corder in the studio, uh, you know, that Suki and, Suk and I keep nice and clean. And, mate, we want to thank you so much for spending time on Roosters Radio. Oh, my pleasure. And, uh, you know, we'll see the Chooks in two weeks' time, hopefully, and uh, for a win. Yeah, that's for sure. As we say on uh, Roosters Radio, Easter win. Thank you, Harry. Appreciate it, guys. See ya. Bye. Welcome back to Roosters Radio and Silky. Uh, what a great interview it was with Kevin Hastings. Just a wonderful trip down memory lane and some really good insights. It was. It was a great trip down memory lane. Obviously, you know uh, Kevin Hastings, of course, to uh, to many of us was a, was a hero growing up. I think I had a poster of him on the on the wall and 
as I said in the interview there, I, I remember handing out the medals that you used to get as a kid grand final day. Got a photo of that, yeah. <laughs> yeah so uh, great to hear from the great man and uh, get his insights on uh, Sunday night's match. Yeah. Well, speaking of Sunday night's match, are we coming into a period of dominance? Yes. You know, we've got yes, some, we are. We've got some uh, great roosters sprinkled across the Origin uh, Arena and former roosters as well. So, uh, geez, they're going to be hard to beat. But, you know, beware the wounded Queensland. I think they'll make a good account of themselves. I'm not uh, advocating Queensland will lose. I'm not advocating they'll win. I just think they'll make a good account of themselves. But I think, in all seriousness, I don't want to sit on the fence here. New South Wales 13+. plus. Yeah, I agree, mate. Look, interesting selection from Queensland, putting Reese Walsh uh, in the fullback role. Uh, only 18 years of age, seven NRL games. So uh, a lot of pressure on the young fella. Look, and they've brought back McCulloch too for, to play in the hooker role. Obviously, Harry Grant, huge yep. loss. Yep. McCulloch's going to do a job around the, around the ruck, I guess, in the tackling department, but um, I think I run a bit quicker than McCulloch these days. So uh, I think they're in for, I think they're in for another another pretty uh, long night there. The Queenslanders. Interesting though, Bush. New South Wales haven't won at Suncorp in three years. We were up there two years ago when uh, we got touched up, um, and looking forward to seeing our man Angus Crichton uh, take to the field there on Sunday night. Yeah, it'd be big. I mean, Angus to make an Origin return. You know, they come back bigger, better, and stronger and faster from Origin. Um, he's deserved his position. He would have been first picked if he wasn't out. Uh, it's good to see him back in there. Well, particularly off his performance there in a, in a beaten side last Friday night at uh, Penrith, I thought he really uh, held himself to account there. Some really tough carries and uh, expecting more of that on Sunday night. Bush, Tedesco, obviously all the, the spotlight is on Turbo and Latrell and the like, but uh, I'm expecting to see Teddy get a bit more involved this match. Not to say that he wasn't involved in the, the first match, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if he scores a couple of tries. I think the thing about Teddy's game one that I found is he was just, he was there all the time and doing some great stuff. I mean, the pass he threw over the top to Travojevic, you know, he had people like Latrell and Turbo to actually be Teddy, if that makes sense. So Teddy could be Teddy. The pressure was off him, so he didn't have to be the sole player that he's been in the past. So, mate, I just love the fact that he's just got some equals, and I think we're in a period of dominance Right across the park. I mean, that back line is unbelievable. Oh, yeah. I don't know how you defend against it, to be honest. It's it's just wave after wave after wave of attack. They, they need to shore up the, the middle, but the Queensland. And I note that uh, Josh Papali'i is uh, back in the side. You know, he played okay, I thought, in the Raiders game against the Cowboys. So maybe he hasn't played a lot of football in the last probably six weeks. So I don't know if he'll be up for that kind of intensity that State of Origin brings, but... He's done it in the past. He's a, he's a great player, arguably one of the best front rowers in the competition. So they need him. Well, I think it's nice that Queensland will finally feel how we did for nine years. So what about the halves matchup? I mean, we saw Cleary and uh, Lulawai uh, dominate the Roosters on Friday night. I thought they were, you know, unbelievable. In particular, Nathan Cleary, just his direction, the, the, when he chose to kick, when he chose to pass, when he chose to run, he just... Everything he did was perfect. The combinations of both of them but, are incredible. But, I mean, what I like about Cameron Munster in particular is he hates losing. Like you know, There's a bit of crap in his game with the kicks and whatnot, but that's more of his emotion. He wears his heart on his sleeve. And I, I also think Daly Cherry Evans is a winner. Like That defeat will really have hurt Queensland. So I'm expecting them to come out with fire and brimstone. And Daly's the captain. He's got extra you know, responsibility there to lead. You know, Munster's a terrific player. We all seen he's such a character of the game. He's born in the wrong era. But I uh, love the way he plays. So it's going to set up for a great game. I just think we're just too classy. And I yeah. think, do you know, we've been accused of having players out of place last year. Um, you know, you did this, uh, you know, you had that very discussion with us. And I think Queensland are doing that with, you know, they've got uh, 
Kurt Catewell in the centres. It's playing uh, club footy in the in the second row. And, uh, you know, it, just when you're playing players out of position and people like McCulloch are coming back, a great player. But I think McCulloch is probably just a fill-in as opposed to – because he's probably past his time mm. in origin. Having said that, you say that with danger because he might just lift in that maroon jersey. They all seem to find a way. Well, Bush, give us a score prediction, mate. 13 plus, New South Wales will uh, win uh, 32, Queensland 6. I'm going to say New South Wales 44, Queensland 10. Like it. Well, that's all we've got time for on Roosters Radio. We want to thank the great one and only Kevin Horry Hastings for coming on this week. Look forward to talking all things Melbourne Storm next week. And, of course, as we say on Roosters Radio every week, Silky, he's to win. win.